everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Spicy to Me. And we have guest star Bella Matthews with us, who is one of my closest friends from inside and outside the book world. And she readily agreed to join our podcast. So we have tons of questions for her, but um, I'll probably not be answering or giving too much input just because I am like you her. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it'll be a fun you know, episode. I might have to then just become more popular and just drive down to her home and sit on the front porch like, hi. Okay. I almost texted Allie last week because we were in Atlantic City for dinner and there were little cheerleaders and I swear to God, I think they were from her town. And there was oh. a big competition because they had like the name of the towns on the shirt. Yeah. I was like, I, I wonder if she's here. That would have been funny. That would be right up her alley because you know she loves her so. Right. The mini royals haven't started cheer yet, though, but I think oh, she's going to put them in. So I thought one of them did. Okay. I, I I think that she's starting both of them at the same time. I could be totally talking out of my ass, but I am pretty sure that they haven't started yet. Um, but let's get down to it. So tell us about yourself and your books. Um, about myself. I'm always really bad at this. Let's see. I am. Introduce yourself as an author. What was that? <laughs> Introduce yourself as an author. Start there. Well, I'm an author. Um, <laughs> I have been a published author for only a little over a year. I started writing about, I don't know, 18-ish months ago, I guess. Um, I'm a mom of three boys, so my house is constantly insane. Uh, so I like to kind of shut it all off and write. I just ignore them because, you know, that's what you have to do. Bless uh, your soul because three boys, oh, I yeah. had told my husband if we, if my daughter was a boy, I was moving out. Oh, it's <laughs> so <laughs> insane. It's just absolutely insane. And it is sports like nonstop, Brino's. Um, my little guy just started his soccer season back up. He will legitimately have soccer six days a week. So my oh, laptop geez. is my best friend. It goes with me everywhere so that I can write. <laughs> I know it's good, but it's like, but, uh, I don't live that far from you. I'm at, well, a couple hours. It's Jersey, you know, Jersey girls. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I actually grew up about 20 minutes on outside of Philly on the Jersey side of the bridge. And I write Philly romance. So all my books take place in Philly or around there in my own little world. Um, and it's all based on places I've been to, towns that I know, colleges that somebody has gone to, or schools, or things like that. That's so I love that. I love when people write about, like, I mean, I guess it's where they, that they say, like, write what you know, mm-hmm. but it's, like, what I know. So right. when anybody has, like, anything to do with Jersey or Philly or, like, you know, the tri-state area, I'm like, yep, that's, that's here. That's here. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't yep. pump our own gas. We're the craziest drivers. We have attitudes like nobody's business. Like, we just have no fucks to give. Bad language. <laughs> yeah. No fucks to give. And I was a oh, sailor in my life. Can I be allowed life. to curse on this? <laughs> yeah, we are. Ex- <laughs> we are. Ex- if we were, we would not be able to do this podcast because that is Evan's first language. Well, thank okay. goodness. We're explicit because, because of me. Three is not explicit. Like, <laughs> I have constant potty mouth on my voice memos to Brie, and she never curses. If she curses, I know something has gone down. Right. She's she, now she, cursing she, more because of high. I feel so proud. <laughs> right. The 
mom right here, but the C word is my favorite and it comes out just fluently. Just, yes. I'm all about it. So feel free to let your free flag fly because we got Exactly. It. Oh, sorry, that's all. Watch it, but at least I don't have to feel bad. Yeah. I hope everyone has headphones in and they're not listening during like their pickup of their kid with the speaker. Yeah, it's you know. too late now. <laughs> That's true. Very true. If they are, then they know now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not suitable for work or cars. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So how far are you going to grow the world in the Restless King series? Um, in the Restless King series, I think by the time it's done, it's going to be eight books. Nice. No, that one will be huge, but I'm going to, there will be other books interspersed amongst that one. Like, um, so book two comes out in a week, book three is in May, and then I take a break and we're getting Cooper's duet from the Kings of Croydon Hills series. And then I have a few. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Um, And the cover (laughs) is to die for. Um, Or at least. It's so good. Right. Yes, he's right. We have had that image now for well over, I don't even know, ages. Um, and then I have a surprise series that will be starting in December that'll all be in the same universe, all be in the same timeline. Um, so, like, you'll get one of these, and then we'll go back to the Kingstons, and then you might get something else. And it's, but it will always be same universe, same timeline. So it's not gonna, oh, you know, you still like get Kingston in there, even if they're not the main characters. Because I think I, the, the Kingstons are insane. I don't know if I could write eight straight books of just Kingstons. <laughs> <laughs> they would drive you crazy, like. <laughs> yes. Their dynamic is just insane. a little taste you get of them, and like Sam and Amelia's book. I'm like, as soon as I met all of them, like in that group family takes, I'm like. <laughs> Just to recap, we all read Rise of the King, which is the first book in um, the Restless King series. And we have um, the first four books before that are the first series for Bellas. And that's the Kings of Croydon Hills. That's sports romance. But the first book we read was Mafia, Rise of the King. And so this month is Mafia themed. And Rise of the King definitely fits in that boat. But oh my yeah. God. just to recap, yeah. I, I don't want the, the listeners to be like, wait a minute, where do where I start? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, speaking of the Mafia, the original books that you started writing were sports. Mm-hmm. What was it like to go from sports to Mafia? Incredibly. And what funny. made you decide to do that? Um, it was the character. I introduced the idea of Sam in the very first book I ever wrote. He was mentioned as Sebastian's older brother. Um, and it was very much on the down low, like, oh, well, you know, his family's connected. So it was there. And from that book, I was like, I can't wait to tell his story. And then he was introduced on page for the first time in um, book three of that series, Always Earned. And just that little snippet, it was in one scene, um, but that snippet of getting to write him, without even being in his mind, I was in somebody else's um, mind at the time, but it was just like, oh my God, I can remember writing that scene and like sending it to Brie and being like, oh my God, you're going to die when you read the scene I just wrote. (laughs) And from there on, I couldn't wait. I was just so (laughs) happy to do it. But then once I did it, 
I struggled because I have a really time, a hard time writing dark. So that was hard for me. And I actually, um, Jen, I never say Jen's last name right, Wolfel, uh, that organizes Indies in Bay Philly, um, mm -hmm. stepped up and beta ride for me for that one too, um, along with my oh. normal betas, because she is all about Philly Mafia, like real Philly Mafia. Her and my husband could have hours long conversations about the history of Philly Mafia. Um, and she, every chapter came back and she'd be like, you have to go darker. I need darker. <laughs> God, this is so hard. That's so, so cool, though. I have a friend in from college and uh, her mom, like, came from, like, a very, like, I, I don't want to say, like, mafia-influenced family. But the first mm -hmm. time that her dad met her mom's parents... He made a joke or whatever, and her mom was like, great, you just made that poor man, like, get cement shoes at the bottom of a lake. It was completely a joke, but this oh poor God. guy, like, Irish, redhead, like, in the entire Italian family, he was like, I'm sorry, I did what? So, like, I can totally see, like, someone's not really familiar with, like, the mafia world, like, they are cutthroat people in the real life and in books. So, being able to put that onto paper. Yeah. Yeah. It was... <laughs> It was interesting. Um, I have some family that knows some people. I did some interviews and, you know, it, it was an interesting <laughs> process. And then you know, those people. Yeah, right. I know some people. Right. Or you just watch The Sopranos and drive up to, you know, <laughs> all of the places where The Sopranos were filmed and get some influence. That's what my husband wanted. He wanted us to re-binge it. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't I don't need to. It's <laughs> funny. You know what? He can FaceTime my husband because I come home from work every day and he's watching it. And I'm like, again? Like, okay. Yeah, I love that kind of time. I don't know that I could watch that again. Yeah, like, I'm good. I, you know, I watched everybody die the first time around. <laughs> right, exactly. You don't need to see it again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you like in your mafia books, Bella? What do I like in my mom? Well, I love a bossy alpha male. Like I just, in real life, would I want somebody to put their, you know, hand around my throat and shove me up against the wall before they screw my brains oh, we're out? Not, we're not volunteering. Okay. I'm sorry. I put in my hand down. Life, I don't know that I would. Well, yeah. <laughs> but in a book, like that's what I want. I want a bossy alpha male. Um, I want somebody that's going to burn the city to the ground for, for his queen. Yes. Um, and I, that's, I had fun with that aspect of it. Um, and I like somebody that's not afraid to, you know, like I want him to be deadly and I want him to be ruthless and I want all those things, but I don't want him to be that way with her. Like right. that. Oh my gosh. That was Sam. Yes. That was literally Sam. Like the line, I think the line I wrote to introduce my review was where he told her, the city kneels before me, but I will only kneel before you. And I was like, oh, that's like, <laughs> you know, reach out your baby daddy right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is legitimately my favorite line in the entire book. I loved that. Mine too. I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine, it. you know that you like the other line where it was like, um, hop up, uh, hop up here. Oh, yeah, that, that's okay. my first favorite. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. my first favorite. That my husband you're right, came up with right. that line. Nice. <laughs> yes. Credit for that. He, I have a <laughs> gazillion year old chair in my office that kind of sits in the corner. And everybody, when they come in, you know, I'm in my office 12, 14 hours a day, some days. And like some kids come home from school, they sit there. My husband comes home from work, he'll sit there. He's not <laughs> somebody's sports. And I was in the middle of that scene and I was like, okay, so this is what's going on. 
what should he say? And that was, you know, that was word for word from his mouth. I can't claim that's that. That's so awesome. That's so yeah. awesome. He probably Sam is definitely he telling people that. <laughs> Sam is so good, though, at being like that bossy, domineering, like yes. cold as heart appearance, even in the other books. But then <laughs> it's like when he is with Amelia, it's like all just yep. oh, it's, like it's the so world, cool. the world starts and ends with her. And I think that's what I learned. Yes. And yeah. the episode that we had filmed before. Uh, just talking about what we ourselves liked in Mafia, it was so funny because right after we finished recording that one, we listened to uh, Rise of the King. And the first thing that I had said is, for me, like, I do not like a doormat heroine. Like, if it's a Mafia book, I want her to be, like, strong. And whether it's, like, strong growing, whereas, mm -hmm. like, she may be weak in the beginning and she turns into this badass woman, or she is, like, you know, from the gate, like, you know, I can hold my own. And I think it was like chapter three and Amelia, you know, just blows it out of the water. Mm -hmm. I paused my audio and I literally got on my text message with these two. And I was like, yep. Bella hit the nail on the fucking head. I was like, this is everything. Like, I don't even have to read the rest of it. Oh, you guys make me so happy. Thank you so much. It was it's well deserved because I didn't even need anything else. I was like, this is it. And was like, there is no doormat heroine. He is by far like alpha hole, mm -hmm. but like king to her queen. So yes. you, whatever you did that you were doubtful of, there is no doubts because you nailed it. Thank you so much. Right. You have no idea. Those words mean so much to me. Um, <laughs> I love writing strong women. I really yes. do. I, I, they're, I just... That's what I connect with when I read. I don't want to read a doormat heroine either. It's not fun for me because I just get frustrated with them the whole time. And I'm like shaking my Kindle. Yeah, um, like break this thing and throw it up against the wall. Yeah, I like to write strong women. And it's funny because um, sometimes readers don't connect with that. Like they want somebody who's not as strong or somebody who's not going to go for what they want as much. And I was surprised by that. But in some reviews... You know, I, I've seen people say things along those lines, and I'm always just like, all right, well, I'm sorry it's not for you, but I like writing strong women. <laughs> like, and there's nothing wrong with somebody looking for a more meek person. It, either, you know, they connect with them on a different level. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, and, like, again, we read all types of tropes, all types of, like, you know, different aspects of, like, storytelling. There's a time and a place for a meek or weak damsel in distress. Right. But when you've got your mafia books, you were going to throw her into a pit of vipers right. and expect her to sit there and be like, oh, Rapunzel, throw down right. your hair. Like, let me cut that off and, like, keep on moving. So, it's like you said, like, if she starts off that way, like, meek, and she grows, like you said, into this badass heroine, like, cool, I can handle that, but I can't. She She's not going to fit in a mafia book meek the whole book. Yes. Like, she has to have some kind of growth. Like, so. I agree with you. Well, exactly. And also, just from Amelia's background, which you do find out in the prologue, and, you know, you, you, you do learn more, but just from her background, she had so much happen to her that she had to either suck it up and learn how to move on, otherwise she would have never been able to grow. And I don't like characters that don't have any development, and I like to see from start to finish 
where they came. And, you know, she started off and, and was throughout very, very strong. But, you know, her, what she worked on was actually learning how to, like, feel and how to get her emotions. So, in a way, yeah. she was even stronger from that. And I, I love seeing the development from either side. Yeah. Yes. Right. Thank and you. for the, the listeners and the people watching out there, the plot <laughs> twist at the end for Rise of the King. <laughs> I almost fell off my chair. I messaged Bree like, yo, what? Yes. What? <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't just like a straight story. Like, you... And I'm getting better at it. Brie is definitely better than me. But, like, I'm getting better at catching some of, like, the, oh, this could happen or that could happen. That I was not expecting at all. I was like, get the fuck Who? Wait. That's, who did she, whose name did this So, by far, amazing writing just in that aspect alone as well. Because there are very few books where I can sit there and be like, Oh, damn. <laughs> like that. Oh, okay. I love this one did it. So for all of the listeners out there, when you listen to or read Rise of the King, which I recommend doing both because the audio just hits different. Jason Clark, Aaron Mallon, Dream Team. Right? Oh, he could read me his grocery list. I agree. <laughs> oh, I my God. Christ. Great. Like, uh, they just... There, there was no one else. They were my top picks for that book. I've been Perfect. so incredibly lucky um, that for this whole next year, starting with that book all the way through for the rest of the year, I've gotten my top picks for every book I've got coming out. And Well, then that kind of leads up to another one because we have another question on um, who are your favorite narrators? And are yeah. you going to look to announce anything special that you want to say to us? Um, and just to let you know, this this does air at the end of March, just to let you know. Oh, okay, yeah, then I totally will. So it was announced. <laughs> it was announced uh, the last week in February that Joe Arden and Lucy Rivers are narrating Kate and Scarlet, which, like, I can't. Oh I, my God. Excuse I, me, I'm going to need to go change my panties in a minute. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, it's just, um, I can't wait to hear it. I actually am a moron, complete moron. And Brie knows I'm like one of the most organized people you will ever meet. I live in spreadsheets all day. Um, and I totally <laughs> goofed up dates. I thought I gave it to, I use One Night Stand Studios for my audio and I gave the files to them February 1st and was thinking I was getting it back March 1st. Uh, yeah, no, I'm an ass. And they were due February 21st. And I'm not going to get until March 21st. <laughs> Sweet asshole. I left free this message. I was like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> so that's um, Kate and Scarlet. And I just got confirmation that Sebastian York is narrating Max's book in May. Oh my gosh. And wait, Max is like older, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Max is yes. like 31. I'm okay. I have to check my email because I don't even remember who the hell I got for the girl. I was so excited. <laughs> I need to turn the air conditioner on in my house. I'm just letting you guys know that that's Daddy Max, by the way, and he's mine. Yeah. He said Joe Arden, and I don't even know if I heard anybody else after that. And they're like, I'm sorry, excuse me, what did you say? Oh, yeah. Summer Morton Morton is the female narrator for that one. Um, All I need to know is if he says fuck. And how many times he says it in the book, because I'm going to hit rewind. Right? Rewind. Right. <laughs> Thank you. And when we get off this, I'll tell you both who's doing Cooper. 
Um, oh. But we got to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> we got so secrets. We told me not to give away too much stuff too early. Um, we got secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I am. Do you have any uh, mafia recommendations for her? No, I love Bethany Chris. I haven't read her at this point. It, it's been a probably a year or two. I I don't know how some authors, I'm like always in awe of authors that have time to, or not even have time, are able to compartmentalize enough to sit down and read constantly too. I'm not good like that. I, when I'm <laughs> like- turn into Allie and she says she retires, so don't do it. You're not allowed to retire either. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I just can't. And I'm in awe of authors that can. Um, so it's, you know, I might read a single book a month. And I really have I've been on this crazy shifter kick for quite some time now. And I haven't touched other mafia. I also tend to steer clear when I'm writing something of reading something that's in the same general genre, oh, you know, the same tropes. I kind of like to stay out of that. But Bethany, Chris, if you go back, he started with this series called The Filthy Marcellos, and then she did a series called The Chicago Wars. The Chicago Wars was amazing. Like, it just was so well-developed, and the twists and turns and everything, I was highly in that series. How's the spice? And then their second, they, she did second gens after that, and that was incredible, too. Oh, I love second gens. Oh, me too. Oh, my gosh. I'm a sucker for them, because I don't want to leave the world. <laughs> So does this mean we're going to get second gen? Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. So excited. Jen's notebook. I already have the first uh, book of the plot. There is that organization coming out so to excited. play. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, when you live in complete chaos like I do, you try to control what you can. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start taking notes because <laughs> I need that in my life. My kids are older than yours. You'll have time. You'll Thank God. That. I might not survive, or they might not survive by the well, time that they get as old as you are. All the time. In a couple of years, I'll let you know how well my mental state is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how is the spice with the Chicago Wars? I, oh, it was spicy. I thought it was too spicy. Right. It's pretty equivalent to what I write. Might have been a little spicier. Oh, I have to think about it. There might have been at least one that was a little spicier. Let me put it to you this way. There is one book, and like I said, it's been years now. These books have got to be at least five or six years old. She wrote my favorite line ever between a future mafia king. He was hadn't taken the position yet, and his heroine. And he turned around and said, oh, my God, what the hell was it? Get down on your knees and tell me how you pray. Let's just oh. get around talking about church. Well, forgive oh. me, Father, I want to sin. Exactly. <laughs> like, I still remember that quote. It is still my favorite book quote because it just, you know, growing up as a good Catholic girl, that quote stuck with me. <laughs> that, you know, take me to church, play it in my head right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Right. Yes. So spicy, re spicy recommendations. I've got it written down right. all about it. Exactly. <laughs> So what is your favorite trope to read and then write? Um, I love Brother's Best Friends. I really, I don't, I always laugh because my brother's 10 years older than me and he never had a good looking friend to save it, you know, for a day. <laughs> I don't know why I love it. I don't know why I connected it. <laughs> that trope that I freaking love. Um, no, that's the same for me. Like my brothers are younger than me. Like I would never look at their friends. Right. 
like uh you know but um i i love that crushed on me but i was like ew no No. i don't know what it is but i love it there's just something about that one i love um what's my favorite one to write that's always that that was the very first book i wrote and that's always my answer is that was my favorite to write something about that i think because i've enjoyed reading them so much that it was so easy to write it for me that that that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, the and one- you get to like fulfill the fantasy that was never real life anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> the book I'm releasing, well, the, the book that just came out. If this is going to be live the end of March, the book that just came out March 10th is also Brothers Best Friend, but it's done very differently than the first one I did. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's so good. I'm so also excited. <laughs> okay. So what are you currently working on? And do you have any teasers? Um, that was my question that I want you to give us a teaser. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I'm like, I just asked that question. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm, I'm letting you give us a teaser. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you, if you've got them, go ahead. Because there, there were a couple good ones. So the next book I'm working on right now is called Fallen King. It's Max's story. Um, you do get the first chapter of it at the end of Broken King, so you'll know at that point. That is like the best. And that is like the best tease ever. Like I after I read like Scarlet's first chapter, I was ready to go. I went to Goodreads and Amazon. <laughs> I was like, wait, it's not out yet. What? <laughs> Hopefully, you got it now though, because you were amazing. I do. Our team. I was reading that. Sent me that message. I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Let's get. That. So exciting. I'm excited for that one. I forget what the hell the question was at this Oh, the teasers. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, Fallen King's coming out at the end of May. I almost said March. Or yeah, late May. Um it's my birthday. <laughs> send it to you. I got a daddy for my birthday. Okay, I got this. Daddy Max, that's what we keep calling him. He is the oldest of the I think it's now nine kid Kinsing kid. <laughs> Kingston, <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night. Um, he's the oldest. Uh, he's like, I don't know how to explain Daddy Max. He just is very protective and he's very type A and he's always been the one in charge. And then he meets, you know, his leading lady. And of course, life explodes. So, yeah, it's a surprise right now. Well, again, this will be, it'll be out by then, but um yeah, so there's stuff that happens in the next book that kind of leads to it. I do make sure that all of my books can be read as standalones, but if you like the family dynamic, it's always good to go back and start from the beginning because the family dynamic, that's my favorite thing to write, period, is the big family dynamic. Whether it's actual family or friends that are family, I love the big family scenes. I love the scenes when they're eating or when they're all just screwing off together and it makes yeah. me happy. Or like the text, the group text. Like yes, I mean, yes. I, those are like my favorite. Everybody's like personality. Like I love it. Oh yes, I, you're gonna get so much more. Yes, it's like real life for me. So I'm all about it. I'm all about it. <laughs> it's just uh, I sure. love those. It's the huge. There's something about that. Um, that's very much inspired by that old TV show, Brothers and Sisters. Like the way that they were so codependent on that show. Somebody actually said something like that in a review after Rise of the King, I think. 
or it might have even been under pressure when we first met the Kingstons. And I was like, yes. Like, I had watched way too much <laughs> Brothers and Sisters when I was binging something this summer, and I came up with the Kingstons, or two summers ago, whatever it was. I think that's where they came from. That's where they were born. In the Kings of Croydon Hill series, which is the first series, um, there's so much of that texting group dynamic, and it's so funny because they're not related, the the people involved in the stories, but they act as a family. And then in the Kingstons, the Reckless uh, King series, or Restless King series, sorry, they are related. So it's it's so funny. Like with siblings, I feel like you can almost kind of take it another level where you're like, you idiot, but like you don't mean right. it. But it's so good. Oh, yeah. Well, Max's nickname is Maxipad. That's what they all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what they call him, they call him Maxipad because what would you do with your oldest brother, especially the oldest of eight or nine? You would torture the hell out of him. Especially the one that, name just set him up for that. Right? That's so, funny. You know, they're they're kinda they're awful. But it's so much fun to read. That's funny. And that, see I'm an only child, so like I know nothing about like siblings, older, younger, anything like that. And um my husband is the youngest of four. So mm -hmm. like his siblings are like my first real experiences, like, you know, having brothers or a sister. And it's like the dynamic, like, I'm surprised that he survived life. Like, the type of <laughs> shit that siblings do to each other. And then even, like, my best friend, she has an older brother. And when I was pregnant with my first, or no, I was pregnant with my second, and my first was only a baby. And, like, she was literally, like, they were threatening to, like, set each other on fire. And I was like, is this what happens? But then, like, my brother-in-law set my sister-in-law on fire. So I'm <laughs> like, look, like, maybe this sibling thing isn't, like, what to do with my uh, oh yeah I'm the oldest of four and when i was younger i was not happy about having a sibling so what did i try to i think my mom said i tried to stab her with a fork <gasps> so oh yeah, siblings do they do crazy things to each other oh <laughs> yeah i cannot confirm or deny those allegations but you know they're <laughs> out there i see <laughs> the, the, the worst that i did was like i threw my cat down the stairs and it wasn't even like stairs like come on <laughs> My brother's 10 years old, and I I forget, I think I had stolen something from his bedroom. I was like 12 years old, so or no, couldn't even have been, because he moved out when I, he graduated when I was in fourth grade, so I must have been in like third grade, and I stole something out of his room for, you know, probably a tape, wouldn't even have been a CD back then, and um, <laughs> right, I'm pretty sure so. <laughs> so anyway, he chased me. I am, I am right there. Seriously, you look like a baby. Oh my god! I, I, I am, I am, I am, I am much closer. I, <laughs> I tell him all the time, I'm old enough for the dad and still young enough for the son. <laughs> that is my line. I will say it every week. Don't worry, guys. Um, yeah, he chased me into my room and I slammed the door shut, or I tried to slam the door shut behind me, and I slammed the door shut on his arm and broke it. Oh my god! My mom was gonna kill me. Yeah. Oh my god. We were both practically raised as only kids because there's such a huge age gap between us. So that's why my kids are all two years apart. I wanted a bunch of kids and I wanted them all close together. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that, I'm yeah. the oldest of three. And I think one thing that like, I'm with you jazz, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I did it. I'm not gonna say I didn't do it. But um, <laughs> there was a time when um, we were like, whomever was play fighting. 
and um, it got a little too rough. And I think like there was an elbow jabbed and we lived on like the third floor of an apart apartment and there was an elbow jabbed and the window broke and that person almost fell out the window. Oh my God. <laughs> like they, they were fine. All almost parties doesn't count. Almost doesn't count. <laughs> That's literally like quit your whining, get over it. You know, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I know who's the culprit here. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, but let's move on. <laughs> They're still breathing, but did you die? Like, come on. Did you die? I'm with you. Reedy, you have the teaser? I don't have a teaser up. Did you say you had the teaser? Um, or do you need no, me to I mean, I, I mean, like, we could reveal, like, trope-wise, or if you wanted to reveal a teaser, um... I don't know if right now too much has been said about Yeah, no. I um do tell. I'm I'm so let's see. <laughs> so the okay, because yeah, this is coming out after release. So the Kingston family <laughs> buys the local hockey team too in Scarlettsville. And it ends up that Max is gonna run, he's gonna be the one the not the GM, like the president of the team. And uh it's so it's it ends up being an enemies to lovers. There's a bit of an age gap. There's um, mm -hmm. a yeah. lot of deliciousness going on in there. There's it's you know it's office romance. There's a lot going on in this one. I love the age gap. I love the office. Age gap and enemies to lovers. Up yeah. My volunteer is tribute. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this sounds fabulous. If I can get the damn book uh, written, I've been struggling with this one so. But I will wait. Don't worry. I will be right here. I'm not going nowhere. Very patient. So what right. would you say is the hardest part of authoring for you? Time management. I haven't given up my day job yet. I'm a, I'm a bit of a, uh, what's the word? Like I overanalyze everything. So I already know when I'm going to give up the day job and it's probably not until next year. Um, just because I decided this was my year of audio and I still wanted that safety net <laughs> to put out yeah. the level of audio I was putting out for. Um, so it's, it's the time management of making sure that I'm doing a good job for that, making sure I'm doing a good job with authoring. And then, you know, with the insanity of three kids, two sports, a therapist, my middle guy has autism. So it's just, it's the time management of everything, making sure they still see my face from somewhere besides behind. <laughs> that That's important too. Where's mom? I don't know. I haven't seen her in a real long time. Right. You usually hear my music that they don't like. That's how they know I'm in here. Cause I won't wear Oh, I'll see that works. I need to hear what's going on out there. So I try not to wear my head. Right. <laughs> you never like one ear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust them if I can't hear them. Yeah, that's that's the, scary, the scariest thing for a mother to ever hear is silence. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. So I, I am right there. And, you know, that that goes into like another uh, that was another question that we had was how you balance it all, because, you know, being a mom and a wife, those are full time jobs right there. Mm -hmm. Like oh, yeah. just hands down by themselves. I can't imagine having a full time working job with a full time authoring job because writing you have to have those creative juices and honestly at the end of a work day and i mean i have a hybrid work day so or a hybrid work week mm -hmm. so on the days that i have to go into the office i come home and i'm like i don't want to know my name mm -hmm. let alone talk about people who are technically fictional and yeah. what their names are so <laughs> you know 
that's that's in and of itself is amazing that's like my solace though i enjoy getting lost in the words and i enjoy writing um generally the last like few weeks i've been complaining to brie every day i'm like god damn it sam is so hard or not sam max it's driving me crazy Um, (laughs) but it's it's like a reprieve usually um but it's just yeah it's just time management i mean i'm very lucky the majority of the year my day job is very flexible i get insanely busy from august to like the first week in december it could be 60 to 70 hours a week because of the kind of team I manage, but the rest of the year is not like that. So it kind of makes up, you know what I mean? So I have the flexibility January through the beginning of August, but then I know that what we consider our fourth quarter, I'm kind of screwed. So like last Mm. year, I planned for that. This year, the majority of my year will be done by then because Cooper's duets are coming out in August and September, so I will have done the work for them. I'm going to have one release in December, but that will be just about written by the time it starts. It'll just be editing. You know what I mean? So it's planning out the year to make that work. Well, that is fantastic. Uh, the way you I... already have your year planned out, like that shows how organized you are. Because I, I think I'm, I think I'm to like May. <laughs> and that's just honestly, don't the lie, because you just... organize our trips. That's that's it. Don't lie. You just to... have to redo all your arcs from March to your book. <laughs> we don't even go talk about that because I don't even know if I still got them all. Oh but no! My notes, my note. I keep my arc in my notes in my phone, and I don't know why my phone doesn't have the option for deleted folders and things like Brie. But once mine are gone, they're gone. Oh. And so, so I didn't have my March. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible! And she had like eight. I was going to say, I see you post all the time. Like, you're not somebody that you're not talking about two books. Oh, my God. I, I listen to one and I read one. But most of the time, because I always like, I always say I'm drowning in art. So I'm always reading an art. But then the way I get through my TBR is through audio. So that's why I love, like, when I, like, I tell Brie and Heather, I'm like, can all the authors just do their audios, like, release them when the book releases or put it close for me so I can get to it? So I'm excited that you have a lot of audio coming up. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I don't think any of them will actually release right at the regular release because it's the schedules with the narrators. Most of them aren't. I think that the only one that we've ever come across was Darling Venom where the audio released like two days after the um, actual book did, which I've never seen that happen before. So, yeah. I mean, it's, we're generally it's prepared. Not often. I really only know two other, out, outside of um, uh, Darling Denim, I only know like two other authors who have like um, either like early audio or like <laughs> it kind of releases like a little early, you know, early audio. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea how that happens. I don't know either. Emma Chase does that. Yeah. Hers always. Hey, yeah. Really. I don't know how she does that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not that lucky. I was. I, I'll take the uh, narrators when I can get them. So that was how I kind of looked at it. You know. Okay. Well, you, you got the good ones. Yeah, and the ones you have, they're they are worth waiting for. Exactly. That's how I'm looking at it. That's how I got to get ties in really well though because. Um, how did you get into the romance book community and how did you get to this point where you even wanted to publish your first book? Um, so when I had just had my third son, 
Um, my third son was born in July and my middle son was diagnosed with autism that September. So I went from being this high level sales executive that worked this insane schedule. As soon as my middle guy was diagnosed with autism, I gave my notice and stopped working because we had a lot of therapies for him. We had like four or five therapists coming to the house a week. We had therapies we were taking him to. And my middle guy was born with his head doing this from torticollis. So he had, ther or not middle, youngest, who was like two months old. We had to take him to therapies too. So um, in the midst of all of this, you know, you're trying not to have a mental breakdown. Fifty Shades of Grey had just started to come out. I think all three books were out at that point, um, but they were still fairly new. And my best friend and I, she has three girls the same ages as my boys, used to take the kids to the park to walk. And we started talking about books. And we, you know, the three of us, I think somebody had given me an iPad and I, we, it was still in the box because they gave it to us when my middle guy was diagnosed. I had an aunt that ran a school district and she's like, oh, I've had their great for kids on the spectrum. You can download all these apps. He was two. So, you know, we weren't downloading apps back then. We didn't know enough about it. Now, when my youngest was two, he probably could have done everything that we can do now. Um, but anyway, so the, it was still in the box. So I read, I don't know, maybe the first one and it ended on that cliffhanger. And I was like, I don't want to have to go to the store to buy this book to find out what the hell happened. So I downloaded the Kindle app <laughs> and it started from there. And we just, reading was like my therapy. I always say if it hadn't been for reading, I would have needed therapy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I was able to lose myself in somebody else's words and in their world for a few hours. And that really helped me just to kind of decompress because it was a very different world. And, you know, we were going through a tremendous amount of change. So then I became this avid reader and I hadn't been an avid reader in probably, God, that was, that was 13 years ago. No, it wasn't. I'm lying. That was 11 years ago. <laughs> so um, it had probably been like 15 years since I had been an avid reader. Once I hit college, I didn't want to read anything because I didn't even want to read the books I was reading for Amen. Now, so we got, I got back into it. And as I got more into it, I was like, I want to, I want to get arcs. How do I get arcs? So I started a bookstagram account and that's, you know, I got, loved my bookstagram account. And, um, my husband and I sat down one afternoon with best friends of ours who had, I did everything under like a, you know, nobody knew who I was for my bookstagram account. It was not my face. It was not my name. I was really paranoid. And uh, somehow, I think because my best friend followed me, the friends that were here had come across my account. So, of course, one of them was like, oh, well, you should do like a podcast or you should do something with it. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And they were really hounding me to do something. And then lockdown happened and my middle guy broke our computer. And I was like, oh, I need to get a new computer anyway. My husband's like, you, sh you should really think about the podcast thing because he loves podcasts. And I'm like, I don't think I'm that outgoing. So I got to the computer and he's like, are you going to do it? And I was like, no, I don't think I, I will. The computer came. I opened it up and I was like, you know what? I had this story kind of in my head. And I wrote the first like five chapters of All In that day. No idea why. I've never wanted to be an author. It's never been something that I thought of. It was never something I really kicked around. Um, I humored my husband by getting a MacBook because he was pushing for this podcast. Because he was like, you love reading these books. You love talking about these books. You should do this. Which was why I started hounding Bree to do this. <laughs> I was like, you should, you should totally do a podcast. Um, so I gave in and got the MacBook and 
that day, legitimately the day that it came to my house, I opened it up, downloaded Word, and wrote the five, first five chapters of all of them. It's um, so funny that you say that your husband pushed so hard for your podcast because literally this podcast started because the three of us had gone to Philly mm-hmm. and I had gone home and my husband was like, I uh, tell him that, you know, the three of us and like, we have another group too, like we chat and talk books every day, all day long. It's like, you guys should just do like a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I was like, you know what? That's not a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I sent both of them a text in our group chat and I was like, so I have this crazy idea. And you know, it's not my idea because it's Chris's idea, but I, it's a crazy idea. And they're like, what? And I was like, so I'm thinking of doing a podcast. Would you guys do it with me? And literally they were like, yes. Like it wasn't even like a hesitation. It was just like, let's do this shit. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was how this was born. So it's so funny how like your story started off somewhere down that path and you were just like, no, F that shit. I am an introvert at heart. I like being in my office in my pajamas and nobody having to even hear me. (laughs) And I am not technologically savvy. Like I didn't know how to voice memo until my PA taught me how to voice memo. I had no clue. Like, and now that's all I use. You know, I'm in the car in the morning driving my youngest to school voice memoing Brie like, this it's 22 degrees outside. So, you know. (laughs) Those are the best though, because I, I speak now or I text now in voice memos mm-hmm. and literally I'll get it from Bella Matthews and she's just like, my butt is still frozen and I'm waiting for the butt warmer to warm up. I'm, I'm here. I can hear it. Like, I know it's so cold. I know her tone of voice. And in a text, it just doesn't come across the same. But then I see You get more emotion in the voice memo. Oh, my God, yes. yes. Like, I really hope you're not driving your brother somewhere right now for what I just said. Because what I just said would like, traumatize her brother. And she's like, no. Oh, yeah, no. Our voice memos are not safe for, at, <laughs> most of the time. And then I make sure my AirPods are in because I literally just don't know what mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to be on that video that I'm sent. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to be on that voice memo I'm about to play. Yeah, it's just better to say the entire thing is not suitable for other ears. So right, any ears, any yeah. ears. The videos that Bree sends also not safe for work. I experienced that today. I sent them to Bella too. I'm I'm just like. How is this allowed on Instagram? What? <laughs> oh my God, that one. Yes. That, yes. But literally, I, I was at my desk and mm-hmm. somebody had walked past and I was like, fucking hey. <laughs> I immediately said to Brie, I'm like, you need to put labels on this. Like, not to say for work, Heather. Because me, I'm just like this. Oh, la, da. Fuck. Okay. Don't la, da, da that right now. But, like, you know. Gotta, no mentally prepare myself i'm like okay i'm like getting dick pics or something <laughs> i just always assume it's not safe <laughs> me too exactly, exactly. Be with me so i always just assume that's what i get we <laughs> don't tend to do it so much but savannah will be like uh in case there's little ears around that's my my pa she always warns me because you never know who's in the background i'm like no you're good it's it's earbuds if they're anywhere near me it's earbuds yeah Amen. That's what I'm going to start doing all the time, just for everything. It should be attached to my head. Speaking of just spicy things in general, um, what do you think is the spiciest book of yours at this time? I know, like, they do differ. 
I don't know. Ready to do I asked you that? <laughs> what do you think is my spiciest book? Because I was a little surprised. Um, I've seen some people only give Caden Scarlet three little spice guys. And I thought it was spicier than that. So maybe I'm a little warped on what I think is spicy. So what do you think? Uh, I don't know. So I definitely think Caden Scarlet bring the heat, especially like chef's kiss, like their, their first time, which is like right out of the park. I oh. feel like the fact that there's spice in the beginning brought up the spice factor or the heat for me. Um, I love so that. So I would say Broken King and maybe Rise of the King. I feel like they're both very like top contenders. Um, Sam had that dirty talk, and for me, Damon, yes. if your dirty talk is on point, you're gonna get a whole pepper just just for that. Right? <laughs> you get dirty talk to me, good, okay? Amen. Talk that talk to me. I'm Amen. And I love I I love when they get the D right off the, the first page. It's like yes, yeah. I don't gotta wait till eighty percent in. Like I got this. Heather is all about the D. <laughs> she is. I we should be. Bring it. <laughs> Like, oh, you don't like no teasing, no nothing. Let's get down to business, people. Come on. Figure your shit out. Talk later. Um, I think Always Earned might actually be spice-wise one of the spicier books I've written. It kind of gets forgotten, but Always Earned, Never Given. I looked at that one as like that was filthy. If you really look yes. at it, they constantly, and it was like. You yeah. are speaking my love language now. <laughs> I mean, and there was some, there was some playing, and there was there was some fun in that one. Oh, there, there I was. Down, I am down for it. <laughs> and he's he's like, um, oh, what's the word? Like he's like Captain America, where he's just like this wholesome, like mm -hmm. football American star. Like he's just wholesome. The whole thing be dirty. And then it's yeah, like, it's like, out, like, rushing, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was filthy. But it was fun. I think <laughs> that, like, each Stay book well. just bring, like, a different type of spice because they are hot in their own way, and it's, like, different yeah. to the character dynamics. Mm -hmm. But, like, each book, you just get it. And I, I'm personally going to say, like, Daddy Max is going to have, like, the most heat because I'm going to force you to give us the most heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna be like insert sex scene here, here, and here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for all of it. Just give me all of it, and and with my man narrating, Woo. sweet baby oh, Jesus. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Her voices, mm, can't wait. Um, Do you yeah, have? What? <laughs> Sorry, I was just gonna say that there is one. There's one spicy scene in um, Broken King. Broken King, I'm screwing up titles now. Yeah, for Kate and Scarlett, and you'll know what, what I'm talking about. The one, like, the build-up after. It's not the very first one. It's the build-up to that other one. Remember? And I messaged you, and I'm like, I think I just wrote, like, the hottest scene I've ever written. And then you read it, and you were like, yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are my favorite. Like the ones where you need to put the book down and like jump your husband or your boyfriend. It's like, excuse me, yeah. I'm gonna need your assistance right now. I'm gonna take care of it myself. Make yourself useful. No, you know what's funny though? So, Mr. Matthews 
he like Bella will read out her scenes to him or like he and another situation like he listened to like the audio and he skips those parts what well he <laughs> what I'm reading it but yeah he did so Mr. Matthews is um he works for the state and he has a state vehicle and he's on call a lot when he's in the car he might get calls from his staff so he got very paranoid. I was so excited when I got Rise of the King. And he, he is the most supportive man. God bless my husband. We've been together 20 years. And he is still as supportive today as he He's probably more supportive now than he ever was before. Oh, that's um, amazing. And when I tell you that I lost my freaking shit when I first heard Jason Clark's <laughs> Guess Sam. Like, I lost any cool I might have possibly had. So he downloaded it and he was listening to it in the car. And yeah, he totally skipped all the steamy scenes because he's like, my worst nightmare is that one of my guys calls me and I can't like turn it the fuck off. And they, you know, I'm licking chocolate off of her in the background or whatever the hell it was. And yeah, he skipped them all. Now when I'm reading it, he does not skip it. He, he gets very, you know, He's filthy. He'll be like, oh no, baby goes slower. Like, oh, <laughs> because we've been together 40 years. So we laugh as much as we do anything else. Um, not 40 years, 20 years. But yeah, listening to it, he skipped them all. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. <clears throat> well, did you guys have anything else to ask? Or you don't count? <laughs> you know, I know, I'm like... Know asking them i'm like i know these answers but answer them anyway <laughs> well bella thank you so much this has been the funniest and best hour ever um and we cannot wait for the books that you have coming out to come out i will be literally just hanging on the seat of my pants just thank is you. it here yet is it here yet so um but thank you so much for coming and talking with us Bye. thank you Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.